powered by Clear Vision Development Group. This is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. everybody this is tony richards on the better than before show here on the c-suite radio network coming up on today's program my quote that i'm pondering and meditating on this week the national days of celebrations over the next week sports headlines and i'm also going to continue our aspects of mindset series and today we will further that discussion with as a subject, taking thinking time for yourself. That and much more on this tremendous episode of Better Than Before. Well, the Texas Rangers, can you believe it? When I was a boy, the Texas Rangers had just come into Major League Baseball, and they are now the 2023 World Series champions. And what a series that was. I mean, I wondered if Two Southwest teams being in the series might hurt the ratings versus the traditional baseball powers from the East Coast and in the Midwest. But I'm telling you, it was an exciting, exciting series and some great baseball games. After splitting the first two games at home, Texas went to Phoenix and defeated the Arizona Diamondbacks three straight games to claim the first title in Texas Ranger baseball franchise history. The wins give the Rangers and uh, Major League Baseball record 11 postseason road wins, completing a march to the World Series that started by taking down the Tampa Bay Rays and the wild card round, followed by wins over the Baltimore Orioles and the Houston Astros to get to the World Series. The Diamondbacks run into just short of their ultimate goal, but Arizona will be remembered for knocking out the Milwaukee Brewers, the L.A. Dodgers, the Philadelphia Phillies, and a string of improbable upsets. That is a wrap on the World Series for 2023, and it was a good series, a really good series. Lots of college football this past weekend. Here where I live in Columbia, Missouri, the University of Missouri was downed by the Georgia Bulldogs this past weekend, and that's no shame as uh, Georgia is now number two in the BCS poll and uh, is uh, number one in the SEC East. It's going to be quite interesting in the SEC next year when there are no divisions. There's just going to be 16 teams. I really thought the Tigers might beat the Bulldogs there for a little bit. The final score, Georgia 30, Missouri 21. But, man, has this Missouri football team really improved this year. Kentucky beat Mississippi State resoundingly 24-3. to And even more convincingly, Tennessee beat Connecticut 59-3. to And what I thought would be a better game than it actually turned out to be, Alabama beat LSU. I thought that would would be closer, but 42-28, three more weeks left in the college football season. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Miami Dolphins in a rare Sunday morning game this past weekend, and they played that one in Germany. So it came on here in the Midwest at 8.30 Central Time Sunday morning. 
quite a game. The Chiefs started out rambunctious and confident and on a roll, but man, the Dolphins was just they were just a couple of plays away from tying up the game. But it ended with the Chiefs getting the victory and stumbling to the victory at the end, 21-14. I don't know. There's just something something wrong with the Chiefs in their mental game or something. They had that sideline play with Patrick Mahomes that they immediately on the next possession turned it over, and they did not play well from that play on. So I don't know. Something's in their heads. All right. Quote I'm pondering and meditating on this week. This is a good one from J. Paul Getty. In business or out of business, there's nothing unusual or shameful about making a mistake once. But stumble twice against the same stone, that's a proverbial disgrace. J. Paul Getty. My grandpa used to tell me that all the time. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake. Just don't keep making that mistake over and over and over. Okay, you got your notebook and pen out for your national day of celebration that may be coming up over the next seven days. On Tuesday, that's today, November 7th, we have International Merlot Day for you red wine lovers. It's also National Retinol Day, International Day of Medical Physics. It's the National Canine Lymphoma Day. Oh, cancer in dogs. What a horrible thought. It's National Bittersweet Chocolate Day on Tuesday the 7th. On Wednesday the 8th, it's World Radiography Day. It's World Urbanism Day. It's National Parents as Teachers Day. National Harvey Wallbangers Day. I don't know in my entire life if I've ever had a Harvey Wallbangers drink. But if you like them, you should have one on Wednesday the 8th coming up. National Cappuccino Day. So you can have your Harvey Wallbangers and then you can have your cappuccino to help you recover. On Thursday, November 9th, it's World Adoption Day, World Freedom Day. It's National Louisiana Day. For those of you who love the state of Louisiana, it's Microtia Awareness Day and National Scrapple Day. On Friday, November the 10th, it's National Civic Pride Day, World Net Cancer Day, National Vanilla Cupcake Day, National Forget-Me-Not Day, and United States Marine Corps birthday on Friday, November 10th. On Saturday, the 11th of November, it's my brother's birthday. He was born on 11-11-77, if you can believe that. So his birthday is always on Veterans Day, which is coming up this next Saturday. It's also National Sunday Day. That's Sunday as in ice cream Sunday with an A-E on the end. So have yourself a Sunday on a Saturday. On Sunday, November 12th, it's World Pneumonia Day. It's National French Dip Sandwich Day, one of my favorite sandwiches in the whole world. It's National Chicken Soup Day and National Pizza with the Works, except Anchovies Day. It's coming up on Sunday. On Monday, November 13th, it's World Kindness Day, National Education Support Professionals Day, and National Indian Pudding Day. And those are your national days of celebration coming up over the next week. I hope you can find something in there. For goodness sakes, surely you can find something in there that you can celebrate. All right, we've been talking about aspects of mindsets. Aspects of mindsets. And the last three weeks, we have been covering this subject. Today, we're going to talk about making time to think and how that can help you. 
And my gosh, in today's crazy, busy world with social media, email, texting, ebooks, FaceTime, Skype, chat rooms, WebEx, Zoom, you name it, you've got a world of communication streams at your fingertips. And according to the American Psychological Association's Stress in America survey, between 2005 and 2015, the percentage of adults using social media skyrocketed from 7% to 65%. In young adults ages 18 to 29, that usage increased from 12% to 90% in the same time period. As a matter of fact, you may be so connected that you have forgotten how to spend time just being alone with your thoughts. Something I've been talking to my clients about a lot lately. It's something I'm writing in the Monday morning memo about, and it's something that's really, really important. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you struck the pose of, you know, that famous statue, the thinker? Surely you don't fear being alone with yourself, just you and your thinking. The need to be constantly occupied doesn't just concern kids these days. One recent survey also found that being alone with one's thoughts is considered an unpleasant experience by the majority of people of all ages. Can you believe it? It's a guy named Timothy Wilson and his colleagues at the University of Virginia and also at Harvard University did 11 studies on this. And a number of all the participants in all ages, roughly 18 to 77 years old, battled spending six to 15 minutes alone with nothing to do but think, daydream, and ponder their thoughts. The majority of the participants didn't enjoy being alone with their thoughts, while some preferred even shocking themselves to sitting and thinking. Can you imagine? The conclusions of this survey indicate that most of the participants preferred to be doing something, even something negative, rather than just using their imagination for several minutes. More and more of us of all ages prefer aimlessly scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, online shopping apps, or doing random things on our devices rather than just sitting alone and thinking. Although we are more connected we're more isolated, actually, than ever before. Surveys have actually found that spending more time on social media and other screen activities correlates strongly with lower levels of happiness, higher feelings of loneliness, and higher feelings of depression, and even a greater risk of suicide. Gene Twinge, who has been researching generational differences for the past 30 years, and who's going to be an upcoming guest on our show, says that the impact of these devices has not yet been fully recognized or even understood and comprehended. Looking at the impact of increased phone usage, much of the harm of social media can be attributed to what we call FOMO. Now, F-O-M-O, that stands for fear of missing out on the fun that everyone else is probably having while we're sitting here with our phone. Twinge acknowledges the positive side of technology, which has led to increased confidence, more being open-minded and ambition, but also understands that the technological revolution has a dark side with increasing cynicism, increased loneliness, increased anxiousness, and depression plaguing the modern mind. 
The correlations between mental ill health, loneliness, isolation, and smartphone usage are strong enough to suggest that we should not only ask our children to put down the phone, but we should too. Of course, in every generation, what it means to be an individual in society changes, sometimes dramatically. But the ability to think about, process, and maintain a balanced life is always a top priority when it comes to coping with social change. And thinking moments are an integral part of our mental self-care regimen. The brain, that means your brain and my brain, needs thinking time for its health and its function including the prevention of dementia. The brain is neuroplastic. That means it's constantly changing and adopting and adapting. We merge with our environments through our choices, including how long we decide to spend on our phone. Thinking time is so important because it balances our minds and allows us to observe our environment before we just let it influence and direct our thinking. We need this downtime to function optimally, to cope with the demands of life, our minds and brains need to internally reboot, which can only happen when we're alone with our thoughts. We literally need to switch off all the external stimuli, giving our thoughts some quality me time. Contrary to popular belief, the mind does not grind to a halt when you are doing nothing. No. Spontaneous thought processes, including mind-wandering, creative thinking, and daydreaming arise when thoughts are relatively free from focused thinking and external influences. This type of internal thinking actually plays an important role in contributing to the richness of intentional thinking and subsequent learning, adding a powerful creative aspect to our lives. Learning in the thinking moments can enhance our success in work, in school, and in life. Without this spontaneous thinking mode, we wouldn't be able to reach those insights and inspirational highs that change our world, both externally and internally. Like Isaac Newton, we should all spend more time sitting under trees and thinking. When someone asked Sir Isaac Newton what it was like to discover the law of gravity, he said, you would have discovered it too, if that was all you thought about. Thinking moments actually increase and develop our intelligence and the efficiency of our thinking processes. The Georgia Institute of Technology did a study in 2017, which suggested that daydreaming during meetings or school, for example, indicates that someone is smart and very creative. Someone who can daydream can zone out of conversations or tasks when appropriate now, not being rude, but when appropriate, then tune back in without missing important points or steps. The absent-minded professor, off in their own world, sometimes oblivious to surroundings, or the student or work colleague who checks out mentally and looks away for a few moments to daydream, are actually developing their mind and are often thinking deeply about the matter at hand. That's what we call processing. We talked about that in the leadership book of the month last month, or last week, actually, the Walter Isaacson book about Elon Musk, about how Elon Musk is a very slow and deep processor. And even in media interviews, it might take him up to three minutes before he answered a media questioner's question. 
A University of British Columbia-led review of mind-wandering research highlights the importance of allowing our mind to just be thinking. Kalina Kristoff notes that thoughts can sometimes move freely and at other times keep coming back to the same concept or idea getting stuck in the rumination process. When I've been working with my clients on this particular subject, I tell them to write down their thoughts in a self-reflective way. In that thinking time when they were potentially ruminating and getting stuck, that's kind of an effective way to develop their imaginations. I help them work it out when their thoughts are free-flowing and track their direction over time as well as noting which thoughts were getting stuck. My clients found it especially helpful to evaluate whether these thoughts were giving them a sense of peace or concerning them, and then to look for an alternative way of thinking to reconceptualize the disturbing thought or thoughts. I then coach them to practice developing the newly reconceptualized positive thoughts, automatizing them over time into helpful, useful, and successful memories. I'll talk about this progress coming up very soon in a future podcast. The process of understanding that allows free thinking and what allows something to get stuck in our heads is a crucial thing as far as mental self-care is concerned. Analyzing our thoughts in this way gives insights into how we actually capture and change toxic or intrusive thoughts that are blocking our success. The mind-wandering thinking state can be hijacked, so to speak, by existing toxic thoughts moving up from our non-conscious mind unless we stay in control of them. Deliberate negative thinking like, I can't do that, or this is way too hard for me, can also poison our thinking time, which can result in mental and physical damage in the brain and body, setting the stage for future mind and brain issues, including dementia, which is largely preventable. These types of thoughts can literally paralyze our imagination, inhibiting success in life, in work, school, and our careers. And it can create negative reinforcing feedback loops in our mind. So it's incredibly important to our present and our future to have thinking moments that can allow us to control our thoughts and use them to our advantage. Controlling the mind-wandering thinking process is known as awake resting state. It activates the coexisting default mode network, known as DMN, and task positive network, known as TPN, in the brain in a constructive and healthy way. These networks form the brain's inner life, with the DMN dominating and becoming especially active when the mind is introspective and thinking deeply in a directed rest or idle state. The DMN is a primary network that we switch to when we switch off from the outside world and we move to a state of focused mindfulness. It activates to even higher levels when a person is daydreaming, introspecting, or letting their mind wander in an organized exploratory way through the endless myriad of thoughts within the deep spiritual non-conscious part of who we are. The TPN, on the other hand, supports the active thinking required for making decisions. So, as we're focusing our thinking and activating the DMN, at some point in our thinking process, we move into active decision-making. 
This turns on the TPN, and we experience this as an action. Recent research confirms how important working on our inner lives using the DMN is in increasing the incidence of Alzheimer's disease. The DMN is known to be implicated in the pathological process of this terrible disease. Being alone with our thoughts can also provide valuable and potent insight into how we function and can positively influence our judgment and our decisions. As the Greek philosopher Socrates once said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Thinking moments allow us to examine our own internal lives and develop our unique imagination. Concordia University and 15 other universities worldwide have done research that shows that 94% of people examined across six continents experience unwanted intrusive thoughts, images, and or impulses. The team of researchers found that the thoughts, images, and impulses symptomatic of obsessive compulsive disorder, or commonly known as OCD, are actually widespread globally, and that this study shows it's not the unwanted intrusive thoughts that are the problem, but the way they are managed. The OCD label is thus a description of how a person manages traumatic experiences through their thinking rather than a disease that destroys someone's life. Management of thoughts is the key to success, which is why it is the overriding objective of a lot of my work, almost all of my work. As far as my research, my books, my programs, my coaching, it's perceptions of thoughts and what you do with those thoughts that are important. Learning to capture thoughts and evaluate them logically by developing a thinker mindset it's one of the most significant parts of any mental self-care regimen, allowing us to become more self-evaluative and self-regulatory. We should take this poem to heart by William Davies. What is this life if full of care? We have no time to stand and stare, no time to stand beneath the bows and stand as long as the sheep or cows. No time to see when woods we pass where squirrels hide their nuts in grass. No time to see in broad daylight streams of stars like skies at night. No time to turn at beauty's glance and watch her feet, how they dance. No time to wait till her mouth can enrich that smile her eyes began. A poor life this, if full of care, we have no time to stand and stare. This entire a bit of research and data and information is a big part of being an elite performance coach because the brain and our thoughts direct our entire life. And if we don't understand how it works or even better yet, how we can make it work for us, then we're trying to perform with one hand tied behind our back. So I've got nine thinker mindset activation tips. How do you activate this thinking time? I've got nine big tips for you here on this week's show. Number one, are cell phones and other devices stealing your thinking time? Observe yourself for several days, making note of how much you use technology and if this might be happening to you. In other words, in your journal, you need to keep a log of how much time you spend on your phone and how much you spend thinking. And scheduling your thinking time 
will work the best for you. I'll just save you a lot of time and trouble from working with hundreds and hundreds of clients. Number two, the average person spends up to eight hours a day using technology. Some of the worst effects of electronic devices seem to be mitigated when devices are used less than two hours a day. Find ways to limit your use of technology throughout the day. And by the way, if you have an Apple iPhone, I don't know about other smartphones, but Apple iPhone will send you a note on the Sunday each week telling you how much screen time you utilized the previous week. And if you're like me, you're always wanting that amount of time to be decreasing. And the only way you're going to remember that is if you make a log of it in your journal. Number three, thinking time isn't an odd quirk of the mind, but it's natural and spontaneous. You need to allocate time much like you allocate money. Be mindful about it. Allocate at least 16 minutes a day to just thinking and allowing your mind to wander. You can spread this across the day in two or three different phases. Number four, thinking time actually increases and develops your intelligence and your mind and your brain efficiency. When you don't feel like being in a thinking mode, remember that these moments increase your intelligence. You're getting smarter by just spending time thinking. Number five, thinking time is preventative against dementia because it enhances your brain health. When you don't feel like being a thinker, remember that these moments increase your brain health and help prevent these awful diseases. Number six, thinking time teaches you how to live the self-examined life. As your mind wanders, you can think about what you're thinking and your own experiences, perhaps writing in your journal about your thoughts or in a notepad. Number seven, during your thinking time, write down in a self-reflection time which thoughts are free-flowing as well as which thoughts get stuck and repeat themselves. Track the direction of free-flowing thoughts over time and capture and change the thoughts that get stuck. Number eight, Evaluate whether your thoughts give you a sense of peace or make you worried. If your thoughts concern you, make the decision to think differently about the same thing every time that thought pops up. Reconceptualize that disturbing thought into a different thought. Number nine, practice developing the newly reconceptualized positive thought every day and automatize it over time into helpful, useful, and successful memory. And we definitely will be talking more about this in the weeks ahead. Well, that's our show today. You can follow me on Twitter or, if you prefer, calling it X. That is my handle of Tony Richards 4, at Tony Richards 4. You can follow me on Facebook or join my community, Tony Richards Speaker, Author, Coach. ClearVisionDevelopment.com is my website, and in the resource vault, you'll find all the episodes of Better Than Before, over six years' worth, 20 years' worth of my writing, and a video library of ClearVision Television, and a whole lot more. Plus, you can sign up for the weekly Monday morning memo. I'll send you an email every Monday morning if you sign up for it, and it'll have the books I'm reading now. It'll have three big ideas from me. It'll have the quote I'm pondering and meditating plus a short writing piece that I've done on a leadership or performance subject that will help you. And also, it'll have a journal topic for you 
for every weekday. That's all in the Monday morning memo. Sometimes I can't believe how much value is in there myself for absolutely nothing. Absolutely free. All you got to do is put your email address in, hit the button, and you're all signed up. And it'll hit your inbox every Monday morning to you from me. Special thanks, as always, to our super producer, Tessa Hall, who always makes these shows sound so good. And until we visit again next week here on the C-Suite Radio Network on the Better Than Before program, I'm your host, Tony Richards, reminding you everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.